1: Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word
0: from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message.
1: My heart is full with what I feel in this house. I feel the presence of the Lord here, I felt it in worship, and uh, I, I just know that God is going to do great things, I don't know why, uh, pastor said last week I was supposed to preach, and then I was supposed to preach a couple weeks before, and the service blew up, and I'm like, yay God, and then yesterday, or last week, we had a fire, and I'm like, oh Lord, maybe it's me, I don't, I don't know, no, I'm just teasing, but I do want to share with with you, what I believe God has laid upon my heart. I want to, re- I want to read into your hearing two uh, different, uh, from two different books, two scriptures. The first will be going to Isaiah chapter 42, and then I will be taking your attention to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Now, I want to preface ahead of time, <clears throat> I do have camp voice. I have got so much dust in my lungs from a week at camp that I don't think it's ever going to come out. And uh, so my voice is not the strongest this morning, and so, but I hope to preach uh, what I feel in your hearing. It's not a, a great, complicated message. I don't. I didn't come to sermonize this morning, but I came with a word from the Lord for this church, I came with a word from the Lord for somebody that is in this place today. And I believe that God is going to minister before we leave this house. Somebody say Amen. Isaiah chapter 42 verses 1 through 4 and then we'll skip down to verse number 7 verse number 1 says behold my servant whom I uphold mine elect in whom my soul delighteth I have put my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged. Till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Verse number seven to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. Second Corinthians, verse or chapter number four, verses eight and nine. The word of the Lord says, We are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed i want to preach to you for the next few moments with the help of the lord and with your help this morning on this subject broken but not destroyed broken but not destroyed. Would you put your Bibles down and would you lift both hands to heaven right now and would you ask God to speak into your heart and into your mind and into your life this morning. Lord, by the authority of your word and by the power that is in the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit that would try to hinder the moving of the Holy Ghost. I come against every spirit of distraction, God. I come against every spirit that would tell us that we have no self-worth. I come against every voice that would try to speak into our minds that would say that God does not want us, or God can't use us, or God has no interest in us. God, and I loose your power and your authority. I loose peace into every life. I loose healing into every life. Lord, I loose the word of the Lord to move in this house and to speak into our hearts and our minds in this place this morning. And we'll give you all praise and glory in the name that is above every name. Now, somebody put your hands together and would you give God a mighty mighty shout of praise. Oh, come on, would you lift your voice and would you shout unto God this morning? You may be seated. Have you ever gone to the cabinet or the cupboard to get a bowl or a plate or a cup and Only to have it slip out of your hands and fall to the ground and be completely shattered across the kitchen or the dining room. Have you ever, husbands, have you ever had your wives yell at you because you broke said plate or cup or bowl? Only to sweep it up and to discard it, to throw it away because it is of no worth and it is of no value because it cannot operate in the state that it had been created to operate or it cannot serve in the state that it was created to serve in anybody know what i'm talking about has any husbands in the house ever tried to glue a plate or a cup back together or maybe a vase had been dropped and it was your wife's favorite vase and you picked it up and you tried to put the pieces back together you tried to super glue it only to put water back in it and to see that it is of no value because it will not hold water. Or any dads in the house, moms in the house, that when your son or your daughter drop their favorite toy, they drop their favorite present from Christmas time, or in my case, they drop their favorite Lego set, and you begin to pick up the pieces, and you begin to try to put it back together, only to find that there's a piece missing or there's, there is, is something missing that, that won't allow it to go back into the state in which it was created for. You see, the process is called kintsugi, and it's translated into golden repair. It is the centuries-old Japanese art of repairing broken pottery all by using lacquer and gold or silver pigment or liquid silver or gold to put shattered vessels back together. Beautiful seams of gold or silver glint fill the cracks of a piece together ceramic pottery. That pottery that someone would have just normally thrown away is put back together and its cracks and its crevices and that which was, uh, would be a hideous scar on a piece of pottery, a bowl or a cup, is made beautiful when liquid gold and liquid silver is poured into its cracks and it's begin, it's, they begin to put it back together. You see, it, it would take that ugly scarring and it would take that which what we would try to hide when we begin to put things back together, we look for every piece to make sure that there's not a, a, a chunk missing or there's not a piece missing. And we would try our best to hide the scars. But in this ancient Japanese art, scars are accented and they're beautified and they are they have attention drawn to them because they have gold and silver the accent the scars that would once be ugly they would use lacquer to glue the ceramic pieces back together the gold and the silver give beauty to the otherwise ugly scarring of the shattered pieces of pottery this process highlights and it enhances the breaks and the cracks and the crevices adding value to the broken object, adding worth back to that shattered object that would just normally be discarded. The lacquer is also used as a putty to fill in any gaps or any holes where chips from the original vessel might be missing all restoring the pottery back to its original state not just its original state but it makes it more beautiful than it was in its original state they would take an otherwise useless or destroyed vessel and with some time and with some effort and with a little elbow grease they begin to remake it into something useful once again I talk about it being a process because that process can take weeks because it is just that it is a process. I want to draw a parallel and I want to start by saying that there may be some here in this place this morning who you have had circumstances arise in your life, and they have tried to shatter you. They have tried to destroy you. You have had things come against you that have tried to destroy everything that is beautiful in your life. You might be damaged here this morning, but I want to tell you that with all the damage, and with all the shattering, and with all the breaking, you have not Been destroyed. The enemy has tried to convince you that because of the damage that you have sustained in your life, it disqualifies you from God's sight. It disqualifies you from ever being used in God's kingdom. But the scripture, the text that I read into your hearing, God said, A bruised reed will I not break, a smoking flax. Will I not quench? You see, a reed is a cane or a calamus which grows up in marshy or wet places. This word literally denotes that which is fragile, that which is weak, that which is easily waved and tossed about by every wind that blows, or that is broken down by every wind that blows. Bruised, we see in this text, that is that which is broken. Or crushed, but not entirely broken off. We talk. He talks about uh, that that bro that bruised or that smoking flax. Shall he not break? He will not carry. He will not carry on the work of destruction. Is what the scripture is telling us. He will not deepen their affliction or multiply their sorrows. You need to understand with me this morning. That whatever it is that has come against you in the past, whatever the enemy has tried to bring against you this week, whatever the enemy has tried to bring against you even this morning, that was never, God never allowed that to happen to destroy you. God never allowed it to happen in order to discount you or did or to disregard you from being useful in the kingdom of God. God never allowed it to happen in order to push you to the side and make you to be less than he has ordained you to be. So someone needs to stand up and to rise up in the midst of chaos and destruction and declare if God has ordained it, there is no devil in hell that can stop it. Even though I may have doubt, I believe God in spite of my doubt. Even though fear may be present in my life, I believe God in spite of my fear. Even though it seems that damage sustains seems too great for any chance of survival I believe that God has a plan that he has ordained for my life and it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do to me I stand upon the word of God and I say God you can use me in spite of my damage God you can take that which is ugly in my life and make it beautiful once again going to have to somehow overcome the mindset that holds us hostage. When we look around and all we see is our devastation and our past failures. Because every one of us in this place today, we've had failures in our life. We've all gone through times of devastation. We've all gone through times where we were cast down and we've had something chip off of our spirit. We've had our spirit utterly broken and shattered into pieces. We've had our peace shattered. We've had the enemy come in and try to destroy and crush our peace. We've had the enemy come in and try to to destroy our rest. We've had the enemy come into our homes and try to destroy our families. We've had the enemy come and try to shatter our relationship. But I've come to serve the devil notice that there is no weapon that is formed against me that will prosper. You can come at me with everything that you've got. You can try to take everything from me. But I know a God that is able to take the broken pieces, the shattered pieces of my life, and put them back together and make me a vessel that is worthy for his use. If you believe it, clap your hands this morning. Hallelujah. We've got to overcome the mindset that says that we are no longer worthy or that we are no longer, we no longer possess what we need to possess that for God to use us because we can't see promise because of our past mistakes. Here about a year and a half ago, Cheryl and I were in the need, in need of a new stove and we live in the country and so we had a, a critter that came into our house somehow and got up in, inside the insulation of our stove and every time we turned it on, you had to leave the house because it was just putrid. So we thought, man, we've got to get a new stove. And so we went to to Lowe's one day, and we were looking for something completely different. And I was Cheryl was shopping, and I was corralling uh, my youngest son. And I said, why don't you just come with me? We'll push the cart before mom kills you. And so we make our way down one aisle, and, we're looking, and I'm like, "Look at this, Brent! Look at this hammer! Look at this! Look at all these tools! Look at this saw!" And he was he was mesmerized by all the tools and the things that you could buy at Lowe's. And he began to want at at five four and a half or five years old, "Daddy, would you buy me that saw?" So we went down the aisle and we made our way across. He said, "Dad, I got to go to the restroom," so I made my way across the back of the of the. Uh, store heading for the restrooms when I happened to up on a section that I had never seen before. It was my section. It was called the scratch and dent section. And so I just, something caught my eye and I turned and I began to look and there was the exact stove that Cheryl and I wanted to buy. And I thought, man, we're going to get a deal today. And so I began to look at it, and it was set between two stoves and two other stoves, and it looked to be in perfect condition. I thought, why? What's wrong with this thing? So I I brought a a salesman over, and I said, what's wrong with this stove? I said, what's broken on the inside of it? He said, there's nothing broken on the inside. Everything works as it should, and it comes with a full warranty. And I'm like, man, you've gotten my attention he said, but there is one thing. There's one thing that I want to point out to you. And he, be, he pulled the stove out, and on the right side of the stove was a big dent, big ugly dent. And he said, this is the only thing that is wrong with this. That's why we are discounting this stove. That's why the stove is about half price. This is why that most people don't want it. But I, and I begin to think that in our house, that we have our cabinets where they come together and on either side of our stove that I could slip that stove back in there and that dent would be completely covered up and nobody would ever see the dent. Nobody would ever know that that thing was damaged. No, I could hide I could hide the damage that had been done. Hear me today. That so many of us come to the house of God, and we've got some damage. We've got some pieces missing. We got some cracks in our life. We've got some. We've got some chips that are out out of place. And we come and we put on the suit and we put on the dress and we fix our hair just right and we try to to bill it off to everybody like everything's together. But they nobody knows that we have some damage in our life. We nobody knows what we have faced this week. Nobody. Knows what the enemy has tried to bring against us this week and we come and we cry out and we keep our jacket button because we don't want anybody to see the scars that I have here on my side we try to tie the tie just right because we don't want to see anybody to see the shattered pieces of my heart, we lift our hands just right because we don't want anybody to know what we have been through because we feel worthless, we feel damaged, we feel like everybody can look at us and they can see through the facade. They can see through the lacquer. We didn't get the pieces put back just together, just right, and everybody can see. But I want to tell you this morning that you may be here and you may have been damaged. I feel the Holy Ghost today. You may be damaged. You may be shattered even in this place today. But there is no reason to hide it from the sight of God because when we begin to expose what we have been through, when we begin to turn those shattered pieces over to God and we begin to confess God I'm broken inside, I'm damaged inside, I'm shattered my marriage is in shambles my children aren't living for God like they should be living when we begin to admit those things to God God can take those pieces he can scoop them up and he can say but I, I can put you back together, you may not see how, you may not see any worth, you may be embarrassed by what you've been through but God specializes in what you have been through. God specializes in taking a life and putting it back together again. You see that stove. due to the damage it suffered we were able to purchase the stove for 50% of it regular price. The stove, the damage listen to me right now, the damage did not disqualify it from being used because it was only cosmetic. It was only cosmetic. It was nothing that would destroy it. It was nothing that would disqualify it from cooking eggs or baking a roast. There was nothing. It was only something cosmetic. You're here today and you feel like you're worthless. You feel of no value. But God's saying, uh, what you've been through, it's only cosmetic. It doesn't disqualify you. It It doesn't count you. I will never count you out from being used in my kingdom because what you've been through and the scars that you have are only cosmetic. Put it out of your mind. Put it out of your thoughts. Don't worry about it because God sees something of worth and something of value in your life. God sent me here to this place this morning with a word for somebody who you have may have a few dents and And dings because of past failures and past mistakes. Maybe you wake up every day and that mistake faces you and it's staring you in the face every time that you open your eyes. Maybe you walk into your house and it reminds you of what you have been through. Listen to me, the scars of sin will never leave. Those scars are there to remind us of a God that is bigger than any sin. Those scars will always be there to remind us of what. we have been through and what God has brought us through. Don't discount the scars. Don't be embarrassed of the scars. Don't try to hide the scars because it's the scars in your life that make you who you are. It's the scars that are in your life that have given you value in the kingdom of God. Oh, come on, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. It's the scars. It's the scars that make us who we are. Listen to me. It's the scars. It's what you've been through in life. It's what you've been through. It's what the enemy has tried to do to you that makes you unique. What you faced in your life is what makes you unique. Because the things that you have faced in your life You can take those and you can turn them around and you can minister to others that have gone through the same thing that you have gone through. Because you can minister to someone in a way that I can't minister to them. You can minister to someone. You can speak into someone's life in a way that maybe pastor can't speak into their life or maybe he can't minister to them like you can. But those things that have happened in your life, those things that you have gone through, God has placed them. We talk about God, prepare me. God, put in me what I need to be effective in the kingdom of God. And we stop and we never take into consideration that those scars and those broken times and those shattered pieces are exactly what God has put in our life to to prepare us for what we are going to face in the future. It just may be that that ministry is built on what you have gone through. It may be that you're witnessing to someone in line at Walmart who is all connected to something that you have been through. You have been damaged by what you have gone through. You have been damaged and broken by what others have said about you. You have been damaged and broken by attitudes that have been thrown your way. You have been damaged and broken by those that you trusted. That said that you would never amount to. And there's a little boy at camp this week. Breaks my heart, but he looked at one of the counselors with tears running down his face. He said, would you please pray for me? Would you ask God to help me? My dad just left me. My dad just walked out of the door. Maybe you're here today, and as a kid, you had a parent walk out the door. Maybe you had a teacher say that you would never amount to anything. Maybe you had a spouse that didn't treat you right and belittled you and broke you down to where you there was nothing left but shattered pieces. You were destroyed by what, by what others did to you. But God doesn't view you as being worth any less. You may not be what you were before you went through it and before someone said it about you, You may not be what you used to be, but thank God you are now what God wants you to be. You may have failures and you may have faults, but God specializes in using the broken. God specializes in using the failures. God specializes in using damaged goods. And God will not leave you in the condition in which he found you. Because God is saying beneath the damage, beneath the cracks, beneath the shattered pieces, I see something that is worth saving. I see something that is beautiful and something that I can use. I've come, I'm I'm hurrying today, but I've come to preach you out of your despair this morning. I'm going to preach until someone Let's go of the darkness that has crept into your mind and told you that God doesn't want you because you are damaged goods and you are disqualified from ever doing anything for God. I'm going to preach until someone lets go of the failures and the mistakes that has defined you long enough. I'm going to preach until someone declares, if God is for me, then who can be against me? And if God is for me, I'm going to release all the negativity and let go of everything that I am not and then I'm going to grab a hold of what God says that I am We always we always want to let go we always want to put aside what the enemy says that we are but we never seem we always have a hard time of picking up what God says that we are we have, we have a hard we have we, we do good with identifying with what the enemy says that we are. We have a good time. We we find it easy to identify with all of our mistakes and our failures and our past, but we have a hard time grasping hold of what God says that we are. His word says that I will be the head and I won't be the tail. His word says that if he is for me then nobody can be against me. His word says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So the next time the enemy comes against you, the next time the enemy tries to tell you that you're disqualified, you stand and you look him in the face and say that is not what God said. He said I will He'll be victorious. He said, I'm more than a conqueror. Too often we allow comparisons to disqualify us. We're good at comparing ourselves to others. We say that we could never live up to the great men and women of God that we know and that we read about. Compare our shortcomings to the giftings and the talents of others when God didn't make us to be somebody else. We think because someone is more talented or someone is more gifted that God desires them more than He desires us. We've convinced ourselves that they are more qualified than we are because they're more talented than we are. You see, in Exodus, we read where Moses was chosen. By God to lead his people out from under the oppressive hand of the Egyptians. And we know when we read the account where Jesus, or Moses rather, encountered a burning bush in the desert, where God spoke to him and told him to go unto Pharaoh and to tell Pharaoh, Let my people go. And we read about where Moses argued with God and he came up with every reason. And every excuse as to why he couldn't do what he was being called to do. He said things like, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? They will not believe me. He said, I'm not eloquent in my speech. I am slow of speech and I have a slow tongue. But yet with all of his disqualifications, with all the things that others would have looked at him and said, I would never send Moses, God, used Moses to bring a nation to its knees and to deliver the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt. We read about Abraham. We talk about what a mighty man Abraham was, but Abraham was a liar because it was when he took his wife into the land of Egypt that he told them that she was his sister so they wouldn't harm him. We preach about David, we preach about the giant killer. We preach about the man after God's own heart. We preach about David being a mighty warrior. But we forget that David was an adulterer and he was a murderer. And What God is wanting to say to us this morning is that if I can use an Abraham, or if I can use a Moses, or if I can use a David, with all of their shortcomings and with all of their sins and with all of their mistakes, with all their faults and with all of their failures. If God can use these men, then God can use you this morning. Their mistakes didn't disqualify them and your mistakes don't disqualify you. Just like Abraham and just like David, you've got to push past your mistakes and you've got to push past your failures I and say, I refuse to be defined by what I used to be. I refuse to be defined by the mistakes that I've made. I am a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Imagine what would have happened had David held on to his failures. Imagine pastor, what would have happened in the word of God had Moses won the argument. Who would have delivered? Our Bible probably would look much different and read much different than it does. When we see account after account of mighty men and mighty women of God push past what they were, push past the mistakes that they had made, push past all of their failures and all of their faults and into what God had for them. I'm quickly drawn to a close this morning. Luke 15 tells us about the prodigal son. He demanded his inheritance from his father. You know the story well. He went, the Bible says, into a far country and he he spent it all on partying and riotous living. One day he woke up and all of his money was gone and all the friends that came along with that money, all of his friends were nowhere to be found. They were all gone. He went to work, the word of God tells us, for a citizen of that country, tending to his swine. He had everything. And in one day, he wakes up. It's all gone, and he's having to find a job to make ends meet. Things got so bad that he began to identify with the swine, and he began to eat what they eat, what they ate. And he began to sleep where they slept. But the Bible tells us that there was a moment when the son came to himself and he realized the error of his ways, and he realized that the hired servants in the house of his father had it better than he had it. And the Bible tells us that he went back home, embarrassed, broken, crushed. He went back home and he went to his father, and he didn't say, Dad, I'm sorry for what I've done. But he just simply said, Dad, Make me as one of thy hired servants. You don't know, Dad, where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't realize how deep my pit has gotten. You don't know the mess that I have found myself in. He said, Dad, just, I'm not asking for my room back. I'm not asking you to let me back in your house and back at your table. But, Dad, I'm just asking, just let me be your servant. He said, I made a mistake, and now I have to pay for what I've done. But the father did something that we would never expect. The father answered his son, who had disappointed him, who had crushed him, who had destroyed his spirit. He had done him wrong. But his father looked at him, and he said, no. No. You're not going to be as one of my hired servants because you're my son. He brought, him, he brought his son back into the house that he had left. When he would have been justified in making him sleep in the barn with the livestock. He allowed his son inside when he should have by all rights been kept outside. He put a ring on his finger. He put clothes on his back and shoes on his feet. And he acted as though no wrong had ever been committed against him. Why? Why did he do that? Why would his father do that? He did it because his mistakes and failures didn't, his son's mistakes and failures didn't change the fact that that was still his boy. What he had done and where he had been didn't change the fact that that was still his son. And he loved his son with all of his heart. You don't work your way back into this Let me Hear me this morning. You don't work your way back into good graces with God. You don't work your way back because of your goodness and because of your perfection. You don't get a free pass to be used by God. What gets you used is when you can push past who you are and what you have done and it's when you can say, God, I am broken, but I know that you can fix me. God, I know that I've done you wrong and I'm sorry But I know that the only thing that can put me back together is you. Make me into what you want me to be. I close with this this morning. Many of us think in the way of the prophet Jeremiah. You see, he didn't understand what God was wanting to do in the nation of Israel. We find ourselves like that a lot of times. We don't understand what God is wanting to do. We don't understand why God allows those things to come into our life because we don't understand what he's wanting to do in us. Just like Jeremiah, he didn't know what God was wanting to do with the nation of Israel. What God had to do send the prophet jeremiah the bible tells us down the road to the potter's house jeremiah you're not going to understand unless you witness it firsthand jeremiah you'll never understand unless you see it for yourself as jeremiah witness So Jeremiah rather went down and he watched as the potter began to pour himself into the clay that was on his wheel. The potter put his hands on the clay. He dipped them in water and he put them on the clay. He began to shape it and he began to mold it into what he had envisioned in his mind was no blueprint, there was no set of plans, but it's what he had envisioned in his mind for that lump of clay to become. He began to mold and he began to shape it. The potter spent time and energy creating something out of what he pictured in his own mind that the clay would eventually. As Jeremiah witnessed the piece of clay being formed by the hands of the potter into a beautiful vessel to be used, he sees the unthinkable happen. After all that work, after all the time that the potter put into forming the vessel, the clay Begin to wobble on the wheel. And he watches, he watches in horror as that clay falls forward and into a jumble mess, lump, heap of clay on the potter's wheel. I can imagine Jeremiah must have thought, well, that piece of clay's done. That that vessel is never going to be made. There's nothing ever going to come from that mess. Never. He's not going to be able to do anything with that again. It's over. It's been destroyed. And now it has to be discarded. But Jeremiah watches in amazement. As that potter doesn't go over to that wheel. He doesn't pick up that clay. and He doesn't throw it into the trash. And he doesn't go get a new piece of clay that's more. It's more qualified. But he watches in amazement as the piece of clay that had not become exactly what the potter had envisioned and designed it to be rather Jeremiah watches as the potter takes the lump of unworkable clay and he puts it back on the wheel pastor and once again he sits down with all the patience and with the precision of a surgeon and he dips his hands in water and he begins to remold it and reshape it. He begins to rework it. He has water to soften it and he starts to reshape it and remold it into yet another vessel. And at that moment, Jeremiah says, the lights came on. He said, now, I see what you want to do with Israel, God. I understand now. It is that Israel as as that piece of discarded clay as that lump of destroyed and unworkable clay and God you want to take it and you want to reshape it and you want to remold it now I understand God what you want to take place you're not going to throw them away you're not going to get rid of it you're not going to discount them but God you're going to remake them into what you desire them to be in this place this morning God is looking and he says I'm not going to throw you away I'm not going to discard you. I'm not looking for someone better. I'm not looking for someone that don't possess scars, that's just perfect, and that that everything is great in their life. He says, but I want to take you. I want to take you, and I want to take you, and I want to take the shattered pieces of your life. I want to take those scars and everything that you have, and I want to put you on the potter's wheel, and I want to make you into yet another vessel. No, you're not yet what I desire you to be, but it, all it's going to take is a little work. All it's going to take is a little time and a little effort, and I will make you into what I want you to be. Stand as I close this morning. <laughs> You're here this morning. Maybe you just decided to give it one more chance, one more try. Maybe you stayed because you said, I'm just going to give it one more shot. Maybe you come into this service and say, I'm so broken. I don't know that anything ever good will come out of me. But I'm just going to go one more time. And I'm going to give it one more shot. I'm going to give it one more chance for God to put his hands back on me and begin to remodel. You listen to me here. God can't remake what is not already broken. God can't work on you if you're not broken. Just because you're broken this morning, just because you're hurting, just because you haven't been put back together yet, does not disqualify what God wants to do in your life. It doesn't disqualify you from God making you into what He wants you to be. I don't know who I preached to this morning, but I'm going to make a general appeal. I don't want anybody to be uncomfortable this morning, but I don't know who I preached to, but I know that I preached to several in this place today. I know what you've been through. I know what you've gone through, because I've gone through it too. I've had shattered pieces in my own life. So I make a general appeal. Would you come? These altars are open, and would you pour out yourself? Would you just place yourself back on the potter's wheel and Say, God, would you do whatever you have to do to soften me up? God, I've just counted myself. I've tried to tell myself, tried to convince myself. But God, I know that you want to do a work in my life this
0: morning.
1: Come on, would you come this
0: morning? Would you come this morning?
1: You never counted on the hurt. You never thought it would happen to you. You never thought that your life would be turned upside down. You never thought that you would have to face what you face. But God is here this morning and He is saying, I have let you go through that for a purpose. It's a breaking process. I wanted you broken so that I can make you. So I can make you into a vessel that is worthy of my use come on would you call out would you cry out to the lord this morning Understand you don't know what your neighbor, the person standing next to you, might be going through. You don't know what happened this week. You don't know what's been said. You don't know what's been done. You don't know, you don't know if they failed. You don't know because we all like I said already, we've all, we all do good at hiding it. But I want you to join up with two or three people that are around you. And I want you to begin to pray for them. I don't want you to pray for yourself. Hear me. I don't want you to pray for yourself, but I want you to pray for them because you don't understand what they're going through. You don't know what they're facing. You don't know what they're going to face when they walk out of this place today. You don't know what's going to happen when they wake up in the morning. You don't know if it's going to be a phone call. You don't know if it's going to be a a pink slip at work. You have no idea what is going to break them or what's going to try to destroy them. And I want you to pray right now that the anointing of God would rest upon their life, that the hand of the potter would be upon their life, God, I pray right now for my brother and my sister. God, I pray, God, that your hand would be upon their life. God, I may not know, I may not understand what they have gone through. I may not understand what they're going to go through this week or what they've been through this past week. But God, I do understand that you are the great potter. God, I do understand that you specialize in taking that which is broken. God, in taking that which is scarred and that which may be missing pieces and remaking it into what you, a vessel that you have designed and that you have ordained them to be. God, cover them. Let your blood be upon their life. Come on, why don't you lift your voice and pray for them right now? Pray over them. Speak Jesus, the word of the Lord over their life. Jesus,
0: Jesus, so say, I'm
1: Jesus, calling I'm calling you, Jesus, Jesus. So come on, lift your Jesus, voice. Pray for them. Pray over them. Jesus, Jesus,
0: I'm calling you. heaven all over the room Jesus, today. Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling, calling you. you. Come on, just let Jesus, this song speak for your heart right Jesus, now. Jesus, Oh, my Jesus, Jesus, Jesus oh, I'm calling you. you. Oh, come on, just speak Jesus, to the Lord right now. Just Jesus. you and Jesus. Oh, Come on, from your heart right now, would you just cry out to the Lord all over the room and just let him know, God, I'm determined that every broken place in my life will become stronger because I'm resting on you. I'm depending on you. I'm trusting you, Lord, to put it back together as you see fit, Lord. You are the potter. I am the clay. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I recognize my life may be broken today. Might not be worth much right now. But God, when you get done with me. Jesus.